0: hp lovecraft podcast where we read the complete works of hp lovecraft in order of publishing and writing uh today we'll be reading the second part of reanimator uh my name is faith and with me today is somebody who's just like way too in love with their friend and is probably gonna murder somebody over it jesse hi 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 it's, it's not you, Baka.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, the person getting murdered?
1: <laughs> no, it's not my friend who I'm like really in love with.
0: Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> you know. It could be
1: so many people.
0: It could be. Yeah, really. To commit murder. But yeah. <laughs> We're going to be re- reading the second part of Reanimator today. Uh, you can check out the first part. Um, we'll probably link it somewhere.
1: We'll be out the same day. Yeah. You oh, know, there you like, go. Perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna do both parts. I don't know what I'm gonna do when we hit the, like the 40, 50 pages once, but you know, it's whatever.
0: Uh we'll deal with it. That that is a that is a bridge we will cross at a later date, probably in sections at a time. <laughs> uh but yeah, to have a quick recap. Uh Herbert West has a friend who is like we're like 99% sure is in love with him uh and starting out in middle medical school started trying to bring people back to life it is now escalated to the point where um the police are involved and and they just brought back a boxer from the dead and he showed up at their house and that's where we ended this very climactic end of the previous chapter
1: Um, which which is the next one's called Scream of the Dead, so I'm gonna think, Ooh, you know, ooh, probably has something to do with the dead screaming.
0: Probably some yelling. Um, Just a thought. You know,
1: I would say if we get at least one screaming dead boy, they did their job.
0: Yeah. Ten out of ten. Yeah. All right. Do we want to get this party started?
1: Nope. Never.
0: Are you ready, party people?
1: No, I'm I'm ready to party, but not for this. <laughs> I'm the I'm the type of ready to party where they gave you cocaine.
0: <laughs> not the kind of party where there's a dead person screaming. No. <laughs> Understandable. That it seems like things have gone wrong in the party. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good metric for figuring out if the party is worth it or not. Like you walk in they give you a bump of coke or there's just like the hollowed screams of a zombie somewhere in the distance.
1: I mean, it could be both. I just need the coke
0: <laughs> to get through the zombie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, there's
1: a, there's a there's a zombie just in the corner over there yelling at me. Uh, but you know, you know.
0: Honestly, if I'm drunk enough, I will not notice a lot of things. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So we are at. Chapter four of Herbert West Reanimator by H.B. Lovecraft, and it's called Scream of the Dead. Ah, by the way, I'm dead. (laughs) Ah, very scary. I know. Oh, look, we're starting off right away. The Scream of a Dead Man gave to me that acute and added horror of Herbert West which harassed the latter years of our companionship. It is natural that such a thing as a dead man's scream should give horror, for it is obviously not a pleasing or ordinary occurrence. But I was used to similar experiences, hence suffered on this occasion only because of a particular circumstance. And, as I have implied, it was not of the dead man himself that I became afraid. I like how he's like, I'm just used to this shit by now. You know, it wasn't the it wasn't the
1: dead person or anything. It's just like they got me on a wrong bad day.
0: Yeah. It's just like, uh, same shit, new day. Whatever. Dead people screaming. Herbert has a revolver for some reason. Whatever. Herbert West, whose associate and assistant I was, Possessed scientific interests far beyond the usual routine of a village physician. That was why, when establishing his practice in Bolton, he had chosen an isolated house near the potter's field. Briefly and brutally stated, West's sole absorbing interest was a secret study of the phenomena of life as its cessation, leading toward the reanimation of the dead through injections of an excitant solution. For this ghastly experimenting, it was necessary to have a constant supply of very fresh human bodies. Very fresh, because even the least decay hopelessly damaged the brain structure. And human, because we found that the solution had to be compounded differently for different types of organisms. Scores of rabbits and guinea pigs have been killed and treated but their trail was a blind one. West had never fully succeeded, because he had never been able to secure a corpse sufficiently fresh. What he wanted were bodies from which vitality had only just departed. Bodies with every cell intact and capable of receiving again the impulse toward that mode of motion called life. There was hope that the second and artificial life might be made perpetual by repetitions of the injection. But we had learned that an ordinary natural life would not respond to the action. To establish the artificial motion, natural life must be extinct. The specimens must be very fresh, but genuinely dead. They can't be that fake dead. (laughs) Okay,
1: so... Again, they're just saying, hey, we need to stab someone Hey, we're gonna quick. murder then, somebody later. Like, it, It's just, it's it's like he knows it's just like, he's, he's teasing he too hard. He can just hard. feel it. Just do it already, you just know? Just
0: murder somebody. Who cares? It's like, it's like the 1900, like, turn of the century. Nobody's gonna catch you. It is 2020, and like, 40% of all murders still go unsolved. Whatever, you're gonna get away with it. Yeah. You just have to be smart about it, that's all. And if you get caught, just move somewhere else and pretend to be someone else. That's all you have to do. The awesome quest had begun when Wes and I were students at the Miskatonic University Medical School in Arkham. Vividly conscious for the first time of the thoroughly mechanical nature of life. That was seven years before but West looked scarcely a day older now. He was small, blonde, clean-shaven, soft-voiced, and spectacled, with only an occasional flash of cold blue eyes to tell of the hardening and growing fanaticism of his character under pressure, of his terrible investigations. Our experiences have been hideous in the extreme, the results of defective reanimation when lumps of graveyard clay had been galvanized into morbid, unnatural and brainless motions by various modifications of the vital solution. One thing had uttered a nerve shattering scream, another had risen violently, beaten us both to unconsciousness, and ran amuck in a shocking way before it could be placed behind asylum bars. Still another a loathsome African monstrosity had clouded out of its shallow grave and done a deed. West had had to shoot that object. We could not get bodies fresh enough to show any trace of reason when reanimated. So had Perforce created nameless horrors. It was disturbing to think that one, perhaps two, of our monsters still lived. That thought haunted us, sh- that haunt us shadowingly till finally West disappeared under frightful circumstances. But the time of the scream in the cellar laboratory of the isolated Bolton cottage, our fears were subordinate to our anxiety for extremely fresh specimens. West was more avid than I, so I- West was more avid than I, so that it almost seemed to me, half-covetously, at any very healthy living physique. By the way, I take back that um, old-timey racism didn't make any sense. Racism now doesn't make any sense.
1: No, no, no (laughs) racism makes sense. It
0: doesn't make any sense.
1: We're just more used to a certain type of racism.
0: Yeah, really. It's just old-timey racism used to be like, you don't have enough angel in you. That's why your race isn't pure enough. An angel didn't fuck something enough, I guess. Ugh. It was July 1910 that the bad luck regarding specimens began to turn. I had been on a long visit to my parents in Illinois, and upon my return found West in a state of singular elation. He had, he told me excitedly, in all likelihood solved the problem of freshness through an approach from an entirely new angle. That of artificial preservation. I had known that he was working on a new and highly unusual embalming compound, and was not surprised that it had turned out well. But until he explained the details, I was rather puzzled as to how a compound could help in our work, since the objectionable staleness of the specimens was largely due to delay occurring before we secured them. This I now saw. West had clearly recognized creating his embalming compound for future rather than immediate use, and trusting to fate to supply again some very recent unburied corpse, as it had many years before we obtained the Negro killed in the Bolton Prize fight. At last fate had been kind, so that on this occasion there lay in the secret cellar laboratory a corpse whose decay could not by any possibility have begun. What would happen on reanimation, and whether we could hope for a revival of mind and reason, Wes did not venture to predict. The experiment would be a landmark in our studies, and we had saved the new body for my return, so both might share the spectacle in a custom fashion." That was nice of him. He waited till he came back, he was like, look, now we can bring those cars back together. That's very sweet. In a very fucked up way.
1: <laughs> well, how else are we supposed to expect sweetness nowadays? <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: yeah, that's real friendship when your friend <laughs> preserves a corpse so that you guys can bring it back to life together. That's real friendship yeah. right there.
1: Yeah, real. F- that is real friendship, and I'm very, I'm very glad. I'm, I'm very so, glad that they have that.
0: I'm so happy that Herbert West and this unnamed protagonist have this. <laughs> Like, at least in the in the movie, Dan Kane is kind of a himbo. He's kind of just like a dumb jock. Like, for medical school, that is. So it, like, makes sense that he follows along with Herbert, like, whatever he does. It's like, I get it. It's okay. You don't have to admit it, Dan.
1: It reminds me of the relationship that Ben Grimm has to uh, Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. Like, Ben Grimm is a very smart and accomplished... But, like, Pilot, like, he wasn't just the friend who happened to know how to drive a spaceship. He's yeah, like, he's, he's not
0: just the jock friend who, like, somehow managed to drive a entire interstellar ship.
1: Yeah, like, you know, he's real smart. It's just, you know, when you have, you know, Reed Richards next to you. Yeah. No, it doesn't look as good. No.
0: <laughs> oh, Whatever, fuck Reed Richards. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean
1: fuck Reed Richards, but also at the same time.
0: Like I get it. I understand why Ben Grimm. I understand when someone overshadows you like that. It's kind of hard. <laughs> uh, West told me how he had obtained the specimen. It had been a vic- It had been a vigorous man, a well-dressed stranger just off the train on his way to transact some business with the Bolton worsted mills. The walk through the town had been long, and by the time the traveler paused at our cottage to ask the way to the factories, his heart had become greatly overtaxed. He had refused a stimulant, and had suddenly dropped dead only a moment later. The body, as might be expected, seemed to West a heaven-sent gift. In his brief conversation, the stranger had made it clear that he was unknown to Bolton, and a search of his pocket subsequently revealed him to be one Robert Leavitt of St. Louis, apparently without a family to make instant inquiries about his disappearance. If this man could not be restored to life, no one would know of our experiment. We buried our materials in a dense strip of woods between the house and the potter's field. If, on the other hand, he could be restored, our fame would be brilliantly and perpetually established. So, without delay, West had injected into the body's wrist the compound which would hold it fresh for use after my arrival. The matter of the presumably weak heart, which to my mind imperiled the success of our experiment, did not appear to trouble West extensively. He hoped at last to obtain what he had never obtained before, a rekindled spark of reason, and perhaps a normal living creature. I'm like 99% sure that Wes just killed this
1: dude. Well, I mean, finally. I, mean, you've been, <laughs> I know,
0: right? You've been towing around it this whole time.
1: <laughs> like, like you can't be like, I need that freshness and not go to the source.
0: Oh, yeah. I Like, I imagine this dude stopped by. He's like, oh, hello. I need help getting to this place. Can you help me? I'm a stranger from not this town. Also, I have no direct family. <laughs> and Wes is like, Wes is like, you want to come in for some tea? <laughs>
1: hey, I'm three days from retirement also. <laughs> you know, my wife just died and I, you know, I'm a little sad. Also, I just happened to have just gotten a new puppy the other day. <laughs> Fuck. You know, Good thing, good thing I'm all alone here with no, no f- immediate family. I sure hope no one decides to kill me and eject me with, <laughs> I don't know, a thing that would reanimate me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, do you have any um? Do you have any outstanding ailments? And he's like, nope, healthy as a horse. He's like, good. <laughs> This man was just asking to get murdered. So, on the night of July 18th, 1910, Herbert West and I stood in the cellar laboratory and gazed at a white, silent figure beneath the dazzling arc light. The embalming compound had worked uncannily well, for as I stared fascinatedly at the sturdy frame, which had lain two weeks without stiffening, I was moved to seek West's assurance that the thing was really dead. This assurance he gave readily enough, reminding me that the reanimating solution was never used without careful tests as to life, since it could have no effect if any of the original vitality were present. As West proceeded to take preliminary steps, I was impressed by the, li- I was impressed by the vast intricacy of the new experiment an intricacy so vast that he could trust no hand less delicate than his own. Forbidding me to touch the body, he first injected the drug in the wrist, just beside the place his needle had punctured when injecting the embalming compound. This, he said, was to neutralize the compound and release the system to a normal relaxation, so that the reanimating solution might freely work when injected. Slightly later, when a change and gentle tremor seemed to affect the dead limbs, Wes stuffed a pillow-like object violently over the twitching face, not withdrawing it until the corpse appeared quiet and ready for our attempt at reanimation. The pale enthusiast now applied some last perfunctory tests for absolute lifelessness, withdrew satisfied, and finally injected into the left arm an accurately measured amount of the vital elixir prepared during the afternoon with greater care than we had used since college days when our feats were new and groping i cannot express the wild breathless suspense with which we waited for results on this first really fresh on this first really fresh specimen the first we could reasonably expect to open his lips in rational speech perhaps to tell us of what it had seen beyond the unfathomable abyss. Yeah, he totally murdered this dude. Wes was a materialist, believing in no soul, and attributing all the working of consciousness to bodily phenomena. Consequently, he looked for no revelation of hideous secrets from gulfs and caverns beyond death's barrier. I did not wholly agree with him theoretically, yet held vague, instinctive remnants, instinctive remnants of the primitive faith of my forefathers, so that I could not help eyeing the corpse with a certain amount of awe and terrible expectations. Besides, I could not extract from my memory that hideous, inhuman shriek we heard on the night we tried our first experiment in the deserted farmhouse at Arkham. Very little time had elapsed before I saw the attempt was not to be a total failure. A touch of color came to the cheeks, hitherto chalk white, and spread out under the curious, ample stubble of Sandy Beard. West, who had his hand on the pulse of the left wrist, suddenly nodded significantly, and almost simultaneously a mist appeared on the mirror inclined above the body's mouth. There followed a few spasmodic muscular motions, and then an audible breathing, Invisible motion of the chest. I looked at the closed eyelids, and thought I detected a quivering. Then the lids opened, shooing eyes, which were grey, calm, and alive, but still unintelligent, and not even curious. In a movement of fantastic whim, I whispered questions to the reddening ears, questions of other worlds of which the memory might still be present. Subsequent terror drove them from my mind, but I think the last one, which I repeated, was, Where have you been? I do not yet know whether I would have answered or not, for no sound came from the well-shaped mouth. But I do know that at that moment, Calized as only now, if that phrase had possessed any sense or relevancy... At that moment, as I say, I was elated with the conviction that one great goal had been attained, and that, for the first time, a reanimated corpse had uttered distinct words, impelled by actual reason. In the next moment, there was no doubt about the triumph, no doubt that the solution had truly accomplished, at least temporarily, its full mission of restoring rational an articulate life to the dead. But in that triumph, there came to me the greatest of all horrors, not horror of the thing that spoke, but of the deed that I had witnessed, and of the man with whom my professional fortunes were joined. For that very fresh body, at last writhing into full and terrifying consciousness, with eyes dilated at the memory of its last scene on earth, threw out its frantic hands in a life-and-death struggle with the air, and suddenly collapsing into a second and final dissolution from which there could be no return, screamed out the cry that will ring eternally in my aching brain. Help! Get off, you cursed little toehead fiend! Keep that damn needle away from me! So he did kill him. (laughs)
1: i like uh i know what they mean by toe head it's supposed to be like blonde but i like to think of uh you know their head looks like a toe
0: i know i think think that each time i imagine the the things from spy kids yeah (laughs) i imagine those things in herbert west's place (laughs) it's like wearing glasses Oh boy. See, uh, this dude has to be like a himbo or something. well I mean, I guess it doesn't maybe mean. Maybe he was just so in love with Herbert, he can believe that he would murder somebody.
1: He was he was always complaining about it's not fresh enough. The only way you can get fresh dead bodies is be murdered. Yeah. It. It's like if I if it's even if dead dead for five minutes, it's gonna not be able to be able to use mm, it. I wonder how you get a body less than five minutes dead.
0: Hmm, I wonder. Maybe you put in a coma and then smother it. I still love the idea of that guy showing up. He's like, hey, it's me. I'm perfectly healthy. Also, I have no <laughs> immediate family. Boy, I sure love being in this town where nobody knows me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's that needle you got there?
1: (laughs) It sure would suck if someone I don't know put me in a coma and then killed me, then reanimated my body. Hmm. Good thing that can't happen Uh in this town that no one knows me.
0: (laughs) Where nobody's expecting me. (laughs) Oh my god. Chapter 5 The Horror from the Shadows. Many men have related hideous things not mentioned in print, which happened on the battlefields of the Great War. Some of these things have made me faint, others have convulsed me with devastating nausea, while still others have made me tremble and look behind me in the dark. Yet, despite the worst of them, I believe I can myself relate the most hideous thing of all. The shocking, the unnatural, the unbelievable horror from the shadows. In 1915, I was a in the rank of first lieutenant in a Canadian regiment of Flanders, one of many Americans to precede the government itself into the gigantic struggle. I had not entered the army on my own initiative, but rather as a natural result of the enlistment of the man whose indispensable assistant I was, the celebrated Boston surgical specialist, Dr. Herbert West. Dr. West had been avid for a chance to serve as surgeon in a great war. And when the chance had come, he carried me with him, almost against my will. There were reasons why I would have been glad to let the war separate us. Reasons why I found the practice of medicine and the companionship of West more and more irritating. But when he had gone to Ottawa, and through a colleague's influence secured A medical commission as major, I cannot resist the imperious persuasion of one determined that I should accompany him with my usual capacity. When I say that Dr. West was avid to serve in battle, I do not mean to imply that he was either naturally warlike or anxious for the safety of civilization. Well, just call him an out there. (laughs) Like he doesn't give a shit about humanity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, yeah, my boyfriend just really just doesn't care. Like he's you he's know he's not
0: bloodthirsty, but he also doesn't care about other people. So I don't I don't know. <laughs>
1: <sighs> like like he's like, you know, he's ready to go full eco fashion before that was a thing.
0: <laughs> oh he's so ready. We lived in this cabin in the middle of nowhere. He was ready. But damn, he needed people to reanimate, so we couldn't leave. Uh, sorry, that just like really threw me off when he was instantly like, yeah, he doesn't give a shit about anybody. I
1: mean, don't I mean don't lay it out like immediately. Come on.
0: Damn. Don't blow up this man's scene. Rude.
1: You know, he cares about one person. It's not you.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's someone else. <laughs> Oh, oh no. He doesn't care about, like, bloodshed. He doesn't care about civilization. He doesn't even care about me. Always an ice-cold intellectual machine. Slight, blonde, blue-eyed, and spectacled, I think he secretly sneered at my occasional martial enthusiasms and censures of supine neutrality. There was, however, something he wanted in embattled Flanders, and in order to secure it, he had to assume a military exterior. What he wanted was not a thing which many persons want, but something connected with the peculiar branch of medical science which he had chosen quite clandestinely to follow, and in which had achieved amazing and occasionally hideous results. It was, in fact, nothing more or less than an abundant supply of freshly killed men in every stage of dismemberment. Herbert needed fresh bodies. His life work was the reanimation of the dead. This work was not known to the fashionable clientele who had so swiftly built up his fame after his arrival in Boston, but was only too well known to me, who had been his closest friend and sole assistant since the old days in Miskatonic University Medical School at Orkham. It was in those college days that he had begun his terrible experiments, first on small animals, then on human bodies shockingly obtained. There was a solution which he had injected into the veins of dead things, and if they were fresh enough, they responded in strange ways. He had much trouble. In discovering the proper formula, for each type of organism was found to need stimulus especially adapted to it. Terror stalked him when he reflected on his partial failures, nameless things resulting from imperfect solutions, or from bodies insufficiently fresh. A certain number of these failures had remained alive. One was in an asylum, while others had vanished and as he thought of conceivable yet virtually impossible eventualities, he often shivered beneath his usual solidity. West had soon learned that absolute freshness was the prime requisite for useful specimens, and had accordingly resorted to frightful and unnatural experiments and body snatching. In college, and during our early practice together in the factory town of Bolton, My attitude towards him had been largely one of fascinated admiration. But as his boldness and methods grew, I began to develop a gnawing fear. I did not like the way he looked at healthy living bodies.
1: I just, like, how can you not see this,
0: dude? Yeah, like-
1: Like, he's just like- you know, he's gonna be like, oh I, I need the freshness. Mm, I love fresh bodies. Nom 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 <laughs> nom 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 and num, 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 num.
0: like
1: like like all he wa- all he wants is some like just real some, some real old like he wants like the blue rare bodies. <laughs> you know Oh fuck <laughs> <sighs> Yeah whatever Whatever he looks at uh Whatever he looks at uh, live bodies it's like mmm mm. Mm, that could be a dead thing <laughs> that I make alive.
0: You know, that could be dead right now. Wouldn't that be nice? It's like, no, Herbert. No. Stop. Her-
1: Herb, Herb, come on. Stop it. Herb,
0: Down, We're at a party. Then. Herb, we're trying to make. That's my friend. Herb, we're trying to make friends. <laughs> Can you keep it on the down low for just like a little bit longer? I did not like the way he looked at healthy living bodies, and then there came a nightmarish session in the cellar laboratory when I learned that a certain specimen had been a living body when he secured it. That was the first time he had ever been able to revive the quality of rational thought in a corpse. And his success, obtained at such a loathsome cost, had completely hardened him. Of his methods in the intervening five years, I dare not speak. I was held to him by sheer force of fear and witnessed sights that no human tongue can repeat. Gradually, I came to find Herbert West himself more horrible than anything he did. That was when it dawned on me that this once normal scientific zeal for prolonging life had subtly degenerated into mere morbid and ghoulish curiosity, and secret sense of charnel picturesqueness. And charnel picturesqueness. His interest became a hellish and perverse addiction to the repellently and fiendishly abnormal. He gloated calmly over artificial monstrosities which would make most healthy men drop dead from fright and disgust. He became behind his pallid intellectuality, a fastidious Baudelaire, a physical experiment, a languid Elgabalus of the tombs. Is that the name of the guy from um, The Outsider? Is mm-hmm. that what his actual Maybe? name is? Maybe I, don't I know. miss him. <laughs>
1: I do. it's been a while since we had a happy little gobble. I miss
0: our ghoul boy. I miss him running around being happy. Why can't people in these stories Why can't people in these stories be happy like him? He, he gets to run around and swim in rivers and steal food from people. Dangers he met unflinchingly, crimes he committed unmoved. I think the climax came when he had proved his point that rational life can be restored, and had sought new worlds to conquer by experimenting on the reanimation of detached parts of bodies. He had wild and original ideas on the independent vital properties of organic cells and nerve tissue separated from natural physiological systems, and achieved some hideous preliminary results in the form of never-dying, artificially nourished tissue obtained from the newly hatched eggs of indescribable tropical reptile. To biolog- what
1: what what
0: <laughs> hideous what hideous preliminary results from the form of never dying artificially nourished tissue obtained from nearly hat from nearly hatched eggs of indescribable tropical reptile. What don't you get? <laughs> he's he, he's reanimating iguanas.
1: Okay, okay, okay. That makes more you can sense. An iguana, I was just like. Though.
0: Like, how did you? How did Whatever you? Robert West, just say it's a lizard. It's okay. You just say it's a lizard. It's a lizard. You know, it's a lizard boy. So, just say that. It's okay. okay. I know that is very. That really does throw you off. <laughs> that whole sentence has a lot in it. <laughs> like I was just
1: like. We were talking about just killing dudes, and now you're just, like, lizards all of He's a sudden? He's
0: like, look at I could bring these lizards, parts of these lizards back to life. Oh, boy. Like, you brought back whole-ass humans. I don't care about the, uh, liz- well, yeah, kill the like lizard. Well, I mean, I killed a I brought back the lizard leg.
1: It's like, great. <laughs> cool. Did you bring back
0: a person Proud. before?
1: Like, I'm pretty sure they brought back, like, several people in this story.
0: Yeah. Alone. Yeah, at least... Five that we know of that were explicitly brought back that is Uh, two of which are still alive well maybe one is definitely alive the other one questionable Uh, two biological points he was exceedingly anxious to settle first whether any amount of consciousness and rational action be possible without the brain proceeding from the spinal cord and various nerve centers, and second, whether any kind of ethereal entangled relation distinct from the material cells may assist to link the surgically separated parts of what was previously a single living organism. All this research work required a prodigious supply of freshly slaughtered human flesh, and that was why Herbert West had entered the Great War. So he's trying to take different bodies from one person, cut them up, put them back together, see if they can bring them back to life. Oh, boy. But, 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 like. Why?
1: (laughs) Okay, so I know this is probably isn't a world where Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein already.
0: Yeah, Herbert West didn't have a stepping stone.
1: (laughs) No, like, I feel like, I I feel like you would have went with the parts of a body before. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: right? Like, that would be easier at least.
1: I mean, at least some form of easier. Yeah. It's easier to take, like, a hand here and there, you know? Yeah. Than a whole ass body. Like we
0: said, somebody with, like, eight spleens. <laughs> it's got. Man, just a ma- It's got organs. <laughs> <just> a- <laughs> the phantasmal, unmentionable thing occurred one midnight in March 1915 at the field hospital behind the lines at St. Alois. I wonder even now if it could have been other than a demonic dream of delirium. West had a private laboratory in an east room of the barn-like temporary edifice, assigned to him on his plea that he was devising new and radical methods for the treatment of hitherto hopeless cases of maiming. There he worked like a butcher, In the midst of his gory wares, I could never get used to the levity with which he handled and classified certain things. At times, he actually did perform marvels of surgery for the soldiers, but his chief delights were of less public and and philanthropic kind, requiring many explanations of sounds which seemed peculiar even amidst that babble of the damned. Among these sounds were frequent revolver shots, surely not uncommon on a battlefield, but distinctly uncommon in a hospital. Dr. West's reanimated specimens were not meant for long existence or large audiences. Besides human tissue, West employed much of the reptile embryo tissue, which he had cultivated with such singular results. It was better than human material for maintaining life, an organless fragments. and that now my friend's chief activity. In a dark corner of the laboratory, over a queer incubating burner, he kept a large covered vat full of this reptilian cell matter, which multiplied and grew puffily and hideously. Oh, that's gross. He's shoving like lizard eggs in people.
1: Now I think it's just a fetish. <laughs> Like come on, like I could, I could suspend my belief enough to be like,
0: hey, cool, you know he's, hey, you know he's bringing back I humans. That's I guess he brought That's somebody cool. back to life, but now he's like, let's put lizard eggs in them.
1: He probably has an ovipositor <sighs> somewhere.
0: Those things are expensive I mean, too. G- I know. <laughs> he got I, it mean, shipped to I'm France not gonna, I'm- <laughs> on a battlefield. <laughs> so he shows up with a box. <laughs> I had to dodge so many mortar shots, but I got this to you, sir. I hope it's important. <laughs> I hope you save lives with it. And he's like, Oh, I will.
1: <laughs> the bad thing is, you're supposed to use like a gelatin. Yeah. Like that, that's body yep. safe,
0: you know? Yep. <laughs> it comes with a mold and everything. Unboxes the overpositor late at night the narrator comes in and is like hey what you doing there he's like nothing
1: wait wait did you have a tell
0: like before uh, yes you just never notice I guess not <laughs> okay bye see you later <laughs> like that was a close one What happened to your tail, West? Uh, uh, it fell off. Tragic. (laughs) 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 On the night of which I speak, we had a splendid new specimen. A man at once physically powerful, and of such high mentality that a sensitive nervous system was assured. It was rather ironic, for he was the officer who had helped West to his commission and who was now to have been our associate. Moreover, he had in the past secretly studied the theory of reanimation to some extent under West. Major Sir Eric Moreland Clapman Lee, DSO, was the greatest surgeon in our division, and had been hastily assigned to the St. Aloy sector in news that the heavy fighting reached headquarters. He had come in an aeroplane piloted by the intrepid lieutenant Ronald Hill only to be shot down when directly over his destination. The fall had been spectacular and awful. Hill was unrecognizable afterwards, but the wreck yielded up the great surgeon in uh, had yielded up the surgeon in a nearly decapitated but otherwise intact condition. West he-
1: <laughs> Okay, okay, Faith. Faith, I have problems. <laughs> okay, okay. So, didn't they say any, any decay to the brain?
0: Was a problem. Yeah, before, but this a- is different now. Now we got lizard eggs. Okay.
1: I- <sighs> I don't. I know. I couldn't see where this was going. Like I was just like, oh, they're gonna murder people, you know? Blah. Oh, yeah, no, they're gonna take just...
0: these people that are like blown apart, put them back together, try and reanimate them, kill them, start over again. But yeah, this is oof. This is something new. How do you get perfectly decapitated in a fucking plane crash, too? I
1: mean, you can you can do it in a lot of different <laughs> ways. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would, I mean I mean perfectly decapitated. I'm going to say, you know, low chance, yeah. but at the same time, you know, technically anything is possible on a long enough time scale. It's true. You it's know. true.
0: Anything is probable, nothing is impossible. West had greedily seized the lifeless thing which had once been his friend and fellow scholar, and I shuddered when he finished severing the head placed it in his hellish vat of pulpy reptile tissue to preserve it for future experiments, and proceeded to treat the decapitated body on the operating table. He injected new blood, joined certain veins, arteries, and nerves at the headless neck, and closed the ghastly aperture with engrafted skin from an unidentified specimen, which had borne an officer's uniform. I knew what he wanted, to see if this highly organized body could exhibit, without its head, any of the signs of mental life, which had distinguished Sir Eric Morland Clackman Lee. Once a student of reanimation, his silent trunk was now gruesomely called upon to, e- to exemplify it. His na-
1: I'm sorry, did you say, did you say solid chonk?
0: <laughs> solid chonk? Ooh. It's just,
1: just a real, it's a real well built, chunky ooh, boy. he's a
0: big beefy boy.
1: Ooh, he's he's on the protein. Ooh, he's
0: thick. <laughs> <laughs> I like I also like how like Herbert just like cuts off his head. and He's like, I'm gonna put it in the egg vat and then just drops it in there. It's like we'll deal with it later. <laughs> Like, I just can't get over the egg. I, why? <laughs> the embryo why fat? eggs? <laughs> because it's spookier. <laughs> it's not it's spooky. Really not, it feels it's, like a fetish. Just, it either sounds, like, it sounds either like a gross fetish or just gross. <laughs> Both are bad. Don't like either. Yeah. Again, the oviposter. <laughs> He's like, I'll save this head for later when I have the oviposter <laughs> 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 I can still see Herbert West under the sinister electric light as he injected his reanimating solution into the arm of the headless body. The scene I cannot describe. I should faint if I tried it. For there is madness in a room full of classified, charnel things, with blood and lesser human debris, almost ankle-deep on the slimy floor, with hideous reptilian abnormalities sprouting bubbling and baking over in a weaking bluish-green specter of dim flame and a far corner of black shadows. I like he's, like, knee-deep in gore. There's a fucking egg vat. There's an ovipositor in one of the corners. It's a wild time. (laughs)
1: Why doesn't he just leave I know, right?
0: Just leave. I know. Just leave. I know, sweetie. I know you're in love with him, but he doesn't love you back.
1: Here's the thing. It's not hard to just become a completely different person now if you move a few states over. It's true.
0: People do it all the fucking time.
1: It's not hard to become a new person. No. Just move to the town over. Go five miles away. He won't find
0: you. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think he would want to either. He'd be like, "I guess he's gone. I guess I could use my oviposser in peace now." It's just, I just, I don't really don't understand. think Herbert would notice if you were gone. He'd be like, "I guess I have to carry the bodies on my own," which kind of sucks. But the splendid, uh, the specimen, as West repeatedly observed, had a splendid nervous system. Much was expected of it, and as a few twitching motions began to appear, I could see the feverish interest on West's face. He was ready, I think, to see proof of his increasingly strong opinion that consciousness, reason, and personality can exist independently of the brain. That man has no central connective spirit, but is merely a machine of nervous matter each section more or less complete in itself. In one triumphant demonstration, West was about to relegate the mystery of life to the category of myth. The body now twitched more vigorously. Beneath our avid eyes commenced to heave in a frightful way. The arms stirred, disquietly, The legs drew up, and various muscles contracted in a repulsive kind of writhing. Then the headless thing threw out its arms in a gesture which was unmistakably one of desperation. An intelligent desperation, apparently sufficient to prove every theory of Herbert West. Certainly, the nerves were recalling the man's last act of life, the struggle to get free of the falling aeroplane. What followed, I shall never positively know. It may have been wholly a hallucination from the shock caused at that instant by the sudden and complete destruction of the building in a cataclysm of German shellfire. Who can gainsay it, since West and I were the only proof survivors? West liked to think that before his recent disappearance, but there were times when he could not, for it was very queer that we both had the same hallucination. The hideous occurrence itself was very simple, notable only for what it implied. The body on the table had risen, with a blind and terrible groping, and we had heard a sound. I should not call that sound a voice, for it was too awful. Yet its timber was not the most awful thing about it. Neither was its message, for it had merely screamed, Jump, Ronald! For God's sake, jump! The awful thing was its source, for it had come from the large covered vat in that ghoulish corner of crawling black shadows.
1: Wait, wait, who was yelling what? The person from the. So the, the
0: head in the vat was yelling. Oh. Okay. And then, uh, how convenient uh, that they were suddenly bombed.
1: Oh, okay. And they were the only survivors.
0: Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's it's very convenient. Very
0: convenient. Alright. We're at the last chapter. Are you ready, Jesse?
1: Oh, I'm real ready to know what other whatever things are going to add to this. Probably gonna what other like-
0: hijinks or Dr. West going to get up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just realized his ovipositor was probably destroyed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that thing was expensive. He had to pay so much for shipping. Chapter 6. The Tomb Legions. When Dr. Herbert West disappeared a year ago, the Boston police questioned me closely. They suspected that I was holding something back and perhaps suspected graver things, but I could not tell them the truth because they would not have believed it. They knew, indeed, that West had been connected with activities beyond the credence of ordinary men for his hideous experiments in the reanimation of dead bodies had long been too extensive to admit a perfect secrecy, but the final soul-shattering catastrophe held elements of demonic fantasy, which make even me doubt the reality of what I saw. I was West's closest friend and only confidential assistant. We had met before, in medical school, and from the first I had shared his terrible researches, he had slowly tried to perfect a solution, which injected into the veins of newly deceased would restore life, a labor demanding an abundance of fresh corpses, and therefore involving the most unnatural actions. Still more shocking were the products of some of the experiments, grisly masses of flesh that had been dead, but that West waked into blind, brainless, nauseous animation. These were the usual results. For in order to reawaken the mind, it was necessary to have specimens so absolutely fresh that no decay could possibly affect the delicate brain cells. They were hard to get, and one awful day he had secured his specimen while it was still alive and vigorous. A struggle, a needle, and a powerful alkaloid transformed it into a very fresh corpse, and the experiment had succeeded for a brief and memorable moment, but West had emerged with a soul calloused and seared, and a hardened eye which sometimes glanced with a kind of hideous and calculating appraisal at men of especially sensitive brain and especially, ner- and especially vigorous physique. Toward the last, I became acutely afraid of West, for he had begun to look at me that way. People did not seem to notice his glances, but they noticed my fear, and after his disappearance, used that as a basis for some absurd suspicions. I like how they're like he really liked those big boys, those real vigorous just, boys.
1: Uh, those just, uh, he, he liked them thick. He
0: liked them thick. He liked them vigorous. You, you could-
1: <laughs> you could stab you could you could put more spleens and, and <laughs> eggs in how them.
0: many eggs how many spleens can i fit in them <laughs> that is the measure of whether i will reanimate somebody or not <laughs> west in reality was more afraid than i for his abominable pursuits entailed a life of furtiveness and dread of every shadow Partly, it was the police he feared, but sometimes his nervousness was deeper, more nebulous, touching on certain indescribable things, into which he had injected a morbid life, and from which he had not seen that life depart. He usually finished his experiments with a revolver, but a few times he had not been quick enough, partly it was the police he feared, but sometimes his nervousness was deeper and more nebulous touching on certain indescribable things into which he had injected a morbid life, and from which he had not seen that life depart. There was the first specimen on whose rifled grave marks of clawing were later seen. There was also that Arkham professor's body, which had done cannibal things before it had been captured and thrust unidentified into a madhouse cell at Sefton, where it beat the walls for 16 years. Most of the other possibly surviving results were things less easy to speak of, for in later years, West's scientific zeal had degenerated into an unhealthy and fantastic mania, and he had spent his chief skill in in vitalizing not entire human bodies, but isolated parts of bodies or parts joined in in organic matter other than human. It had become fiendishly disgusting by the time he disappeared. Many of the experiments could not even be hinted at in print. The Great War, through which both of us served as surgeons, had had intensified this side of West. In saying that, West's fear of his specimens was nebulous. I have in mind particularly its complex nature. Part of it came merely from knowing of the existence of such nameless monsters, while another part rose from apprehension of such from apprehension of the bodily harm they might under certain, under certain circumstances do to him. Their disappearance added horror to the situation. Of them all, West knew the whereabouts of only one, the pitiful asylum thing. Then there was more subtle fear a very fantastic sensation from a curious experiment in the canadian army in 1915 west in the midst of a severe battle had reanimated major sir eric morland chapman lee dso a fellow physician who knew about his experiments and could have duplicated them the head had been removed so that the possibilities of quasi-intelligent life in the trunk might be investigated. Just as the building was wiped out by a German shell, there had been a success. The trunk had moved, intelligently and unbelievable to relate, we were both sickeningly sure that articulate sounds had come from the detached head as it lay in a shadowy corner of the laboratory. The shell had been merciful in a way, but West could never feel as certain as he wished, that we two were the only survivors. He used to make shuddering conjectures about the possible actions of a headless physician and the power of reanimating the dead. West's last quarter were in a venerable house of such elegance overlooking one of the oldest burying grounds at Boston. He had chosen the place for purely symbolic and fantastically ascetic reasons since most of the interments were of the colonial period, and therefore of little use to scientists seeking very fresh bodies. I like how he's like, he did it for the drama. (laughs) (laughs) He lived there for the drama. (laughs) The laboratory was in a sub-cellar secretly constructed by imported workmen and contained a huge incinerator- for the quiet and complete disposal of such bodies and fragments and synthetic mockeries of bodies, as might remain from the morbid experiments and unhallowed amusements of the owner. During the excavation of this cellar, the workmen had struck some exceedingly ancient masonry, undoubtedly connected with the old burying ground, yet too far deep to correspond with any known sepulcher where... Any known sepulchre therein, after a number of calculations, West decided that it represented some secret chamber beneath the tomb of the averils, where the last interment had been made in seventeen sixty eight I was with him when he studied the nitrous dripping walls laid bare by the spades and mattocks of the men, and was prepared for the gruesome thrill which would attend the uncovering of century, of century grave secrets. But for the first time West's new timidity conquered his natural curiosity. And he betrayed his degenerating fibre by ordering the mason by ordering the masonry left intact and plastered over. Thus it remained till that final hellish night, part of the walls of the secret laboratory. Thus it remained till that final hellish night, part of the walls of the secret laboratory. Okay, I did read that. Wait, I wanted to make sure. I speak of West's decadence, but must add that it was purely mental and intangible thing. Outwardly, he was the same to the last calm, cold, slight, and yellow-haired, with respectable blue eyes and general aspect of youth, which years and fears never seemed to change. He seemed calm even when he thought of that clawed grave and looked over his shoulder, even when he thought of the carnivorous thing that gnawed and pawed at the Sefton bars. The end of Herbert West began one evening in our joint study when he was dividing his curious glance between the newspaper and me. A strange headline item had struck at him from the crumpled pages and a nameless titan claw had seemed to reach down through sixteen years. Something fearsome and incredible had happened at Sefton Asylum, fifteen miles away, stunning the neighborhood and baffling the police. In the small hours of the morning, a body of silent men had entered the grounds, and their leader had aroused the attendants. He was a menacing military figure, who talked without moving his lips, and whose voice seemed almost ventriloquially connected with an immense black case he carried. His expressionless face was handsome to the point of radiant beauty, but had shocked the superintendent when the hall light fell on it, for it was a wax face with eyes of painted glass. Some nameless accident had befallen this man. A larger man guided his steps. A repellent hunk, a repellent holt. I almost said hunk.
1: <laughs> a repellent hunk. A
0: repellent himbo. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll
1: see if it's a repellent hunk. It just means that they're <laughs> that they're um that they're nice and strong. <laughs> yep. Um, and you know you could, you know, it could they could still be repellent. Yeah, in
0: a that's way. true.
1: Um, uh,
0: they're just not necessarily attractive. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I stand by my.
1: Uh, you know, a himbo has to be nice. Oh, they have
0: to be nice, strong, and dumb. Is they have to be? It's the trifecta. If they're not one of those things, there's something else.
1: Yeah. If they if they're just strong, if they're strong and dumb, they're a jock. If they're nice and dumb, they're just a you know good dude. <laughs> um. They're just
0: a good man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just you know a good dude you know general you know you can have a strong a smart and nice don't get me yeah. wrong but like you know dumb and nice is fine yeah sorry I, I have to get the thing i have to visualize okay strong nice and dumb yeah if they're just dumb and strong they're a jock. yeah
0: and then yeah. so if they're dumb and nice they're just a normal man if they are strong and nice then they're a hunk they uh problem solved
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so this so this guy so this guy is just you know you know they're just
0: yeah. <laughs> um can't believe i said hunk <laughs> that's where my mind is right now a larger man guided his steps a repellent hunk <laughs> i must said it again <laughs> a repellent hulk whose bluish face seemed half eaten away By some unknown malady. The speaker had asked for the custody of the cannibal monster committed from Arkham 16 years before. And upon being refused, gave a signal, which precipitated. There we go.
1: You know, I was expecting it was going to be a different word. You made it so hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I still have a little bit of a lisp when they realign my I mean, jaw. No, I have a lisp
1: too. Don't when don't they, worry. Yeah. I have a lisp too.
0: <laughs> it comes out but, sometimes, especially when it's a word like that where it's a lot of s sounds.
1: Oh, mine is uh, vowels before r's. Ooh,
0: those are not fun.
1: Or, no, it's not good at all. Any word that has too many uh.
0: r's and too many l's. Like, if those are the only um, consonants in it, can't do it. Like, rural, hate it. Hate that word. Don't like it gave a signal which precipitated a shocking riot. The fiends had beaten, trampled, and bitten every attendant who did not flee, killing four and finally succeeding in the liberation of the monster. Those victims who could recall the event without hysteria swore that the creatures had acted less like men than the unthinkable automata guided by the wax-faced leader. By the time help could be summoned, every trace of the men and of their mad charge had vanished. From the hour of reading this item until midnight, West sat almost paralyzed. At midnight, the doorbell rang, startling him fearfully. All the servants were asleep in the attic, so I answered the bell. As I have told the police, there was no wagon in the street but only a group of strange-looking figures, bearing a large square box, which they deposited in the hallway after one of them had grunted in a highly unnatural voice. Express prepaid. They filed out of the house with a jerky tread, and as I watched them go, I had an odd idea that they were turning toward the ancient cemetery on which the back of the house abutted. When I slammed the door after them, Wes came downstairs and looked at the box. It was about two feet square and bore Wes' na- correct name and present address. It also bore the inscription, From Eric Moreland Claplin Lee, St. Eloy, Flanders. Six years before in Flanders, a shelled hospital had fallen upon the headless reanimated trunk of Dr. Chapman Me and upon the detached head, which, perhaps, had uttered articulate sounds. West was not even excited now. His condition was more ghastly. Quickly, he said, It's the finish, but let's incinerate this. He carried the thing down to the laboratory, listening. I do not remember any particulars. You can imagine my state of mind. But, is a, but it is a vicious lie to say it was Herbert West's body, which I put into the incinerator. We both inserted the whole unopened box, closed the door, and started the electricity. Nor did any sound come from the box. Nor did any sound come from the box, after all. It was West who first noticed the falling plaster on that part of the wall, where the ancient tomb masonry had been covered up. I was going to run, but he stopped me, when I saw a small black aperture, felt a gloush wind of ice, and smelled the charnel bowels of a putrescent earth. There was no sound, but just then the electric lights went out, and I saw outlined against some phosphorescence of the netherworld a horde of silent, toiling things, which only insanity, or worst, could create. Their outlines were human, semi-human, fractionally human, and not human at all. The horde was grotes- was grotesquely heterogeneous. They were removing the stones quietly, one by one, from the centuried wall. And then, as the breaches became large enough, They came out into the laboratory in single file. Led by a stalking thing with a beautiful head made of wax. A sort of mad-eyed monstrosity behind the leader seized on Herbert West. West did not resist or utter a sound. Then they all sprang at him and tore him to pieces before my eyes. "'burying the fragments away into that subterranean vault "'of fabulous abominations. "'West's head was carried off by the wax leader, "'who wore a Canadian officer's uniform. "'As it disappeared, I saw the blue eyes behind the spectacles "'were hideously blazing with their first touch "'of frantic, visible emotion. "'Servants found me unconscious in the morning. "'West was gone, The incinerator contain only unidentifiable ashes. Detectives have questioned me, but what can I say? The Sefton tragedy, they will not connect with West. Not that, nor the men with the box, whose existence they deny. I told them of the vault, and they pointed to unbroken plaster wall and laughed. So I told them no more. They imply that I am a madman or a murderer. Probably I'm mad, but I might not be mad if those accursed tomb legions had not been so silent.
1: Okay, there's no way he's not a murderer.
0: Damn. No, he's definitely a murderer. He's definitely (laughs) murdered, like, at least a handful of people in the time that they've started.
1: Also, like, I know you have the technology to make something better than a wax goddamn head. Oh, yeah. This this was this was during World War One. Yeah. You can make like a cool like metal head or Ooh. something.
0: Or a porcelain, literally anything. <sighs> wow. Damn. Well
1: there's a you no know, that one that did get more silly the longer it, really it got. did You could really take could tell he was taking the piss yeah. out of
0: the he's like, fuck it, I'm getting paid. <laughs> I'm getting paid for all six chapters of this. It doesn't matter
1: yeah well um wow yeah like i mean it's yeah it's a it's a fun story like it's just i don't know what else to say yeah. but like you know <laughs> c- calm calm down herbert yeah
0: clam <laughs> the fuck down
1: like calm down a little God. bit um
0: keep okay do your ova, your ovipositor business in peace somewhere where nobody else can see you <laughs> Also, like, how do you find a perfectly decapitated head? Uh, I mean, I know know we said... Well, it was almost decapitated.
1: Oh, almost. Yeah, he uh, had to finish the job.
0: Still, yeah. yeah. In an accident like that, yeah. I like how they describe him as being just so handsome. Like, even after he was dead and decapitated, they're like, he was beautiful. (laughs)
1: Like, yeah, I don't know. I still feel like... Like can we cl- can we claim can we claim HP as a bicon?
0: <laughs> C- can I kind of want to.
1: I mean, sh- I mean, there's there's racist bicon. Well, he's not racist, but he wasn't able to fully yeah flex his uh, flexes uh, anti racism yeah, thing that he was. He kind of died right before afterwards. he di- well, He kind of died. Yeah, um, that makes
0: it a little hard. No, I wanna-
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like uh, people like. I mean, we have Walla <laughs> which is obviously. Um, also, he has the flag of the NB oh, flag, he so he's. I can also claim he him as well. Does I mean the colors of the NB flag, so I can claim him as the uh, non. He can claim him as the the NB by bi, uh, bycon.
0: There you go. Yeah, I mean, even and, the way um, he described Herbert West, he's like he had these beautiful blue eyes. He's smally, to soft voice, soft hands. Yeah. Wanted to hold I, mean, them. I mean,
1: why not? Let's claim yeah, them. Yeah, let's do you know? it. Let's claim them. We don't I mean, we get enough erasure and not like anyone's yeah, gonna, you know, say anything yeah. about it.
0: <laughs> it's so absurd. Nobody's gonna be like, he can't do that.
1: <laughs> no, like I mean I mean I feel like we could claim uh, Shakespeare as well, but you know, people are just like, no, nah, yeah. that's actually Francis Bake. That's actually Francis whatever I actually wrote all of that shakespeare yeah didn't his live. sister wrote all of
0: it <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so so you yeah. know i'm gonna claim i'm gonna claim we'll, we'll have yeah, it we're, we're, we're making it right here like we're making we, the claim we right get here St.
0: Vincent Millay, and we get hp lovecraft
1: <laughs> yeah hp lovecraft is a bycon.
0: love it into it he, he loved cats
1: He was, he was horribly depressed all All the time. time. Um, I don't know if he sat well, but you
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to look up a picture of H.B. Lovecraft sitting. I feel like he cuffed his (laughs) pants. I feel like I've seen that at least once. (laughs) Lovecraft. (laughs) Sitting.
1: I love him. He's being weird. Okay. No, but you know, I'm. Uh, I mean, he probably shot. He probably did some finger guns and some thumbs <laughs> up, right? Which th- I need to ask you: what type of what type of buy are you? Are you a fingers gun or a thumbs up?
0: Uh, depends on the moment.
1: See, I'm I'm more of a I'm I'm a I'm a thumbs up person, like all the way.
0: I like thumbs up, but there's also a time for finger guns.
1: I mean, there's a time for finger guns, but I'm also I'm normally not in that situation. Yeah, same.
0: So I That's guess I'm thing. a thumbs like, I'm up a, buy.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I'm literally sitting in a beanbag chair instead of an actual chair. So I, I think you know where I, s- <laughs> where I stand on the sitting weird
0: situation. I, I always am sitting in some strange way.
1: Oh, they, they made a chair for the buys, uh, by the way. Um, uh, I'll need a link to <laughs> it, but it's a chair that you can put anywhere, any way you want, pretty much. Like it has wings. Oh my God, and you I can, love it. It's like a hundred I different need things. It. Like. You could even you could even have it to where like you're kind of perching, yeah. See, a little that's bit. my that's like,
0: my ideal is perch like some sort of horrible gargoyle, but usually I like to I keep, usually end up sitting pretty like a bow I like to either
1: I either, I like to either perch or I like to lounge. Yeah. like I need a shade lounge. Honestly, like that one would be perfect. Um, okay. Um, well, we need to end this uh, because I'm about to get cookies in like five yeah. minutes. So.
0: I can feel um, I can feel the do- fever coming from my flu shot.
1: <laughs> okay, let's do let's uh let's rank this. Uh,
0: yes. HP listcraft, let's go! I list a mania. Think less, but see it grow. Love it. Okay,
1: so. Ooh, HP Listcraft, Let's do so. this. I'm ready. So it's Turbert. West, West... the re animator.
0: Animator.
1: Okay, okay so I'm gonna be honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As wacky as this was, and I, it, this is a good <laughs> <It> story.
0: <was. laughs>
1: I don't think I'm putting it in the first fifteen uh, because no. the first fifteen are very yeah. really good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too.
1: <laughs> um, now. Now temple, the temple is fifteen. Okay. The what's underneath that is picture in the house. I'm gonna put picture in the house Yeah.
0: That.
1: What about nameless city?
0: I'd put it above nameless city. Mm. Well, no, wait, sorry. I'm thinking about the quest of Ironon. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, the Nameless thinking, City no, nameless was city. the one with the crocodile people.
1: Yeah, no, that one that one's uh way too funny to be <laughs> you know if if there's a comedy one it's the nameless city it's like wow look at these hieroglyphs about this guy who got eaten
0: (laughs) wow he looks a lot like (laughs) me
1: (laughs) wait it says it says hey put your hand in this door if you want to get bitten (laughs) oh no that ain't that's probably like a metaphor
0: oh no (laughs) Hey, look, there's this picture of this guy getting torn apart by these uh, cro- these crocodile people that are, you know, are, like they're all around me. Uh, he even has a name tag and it has my name on it, but I'm sure that's just a coincidence.
1: <laughs> See, I'm going to, I'm going to, I kind of want to jump down to either other gods or beyond the wall of sleep.
0: Um, hmm. <laughs> Would you put it above beyond the wall of sleep?
1: I think I would put it above Beyond the Wall of Sleep, but not. I I like see. I like the other gods too much because again, (laughs) that that one's also very funny.
0: Man yelling at the moon,
1: (laughs) just uh, like he's just like my hands are rated G for gods.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ i
1: love that i'll punch him too i'll punch all of them
0: <laughs> i'll punch you i'll <laughs> punch my dad i will not punch my beautiful my beautiful boy priest who followed me here i love him <laughs> he's the only the only one i wouldn't punch
1: <laughs> yep so uh yeah. i think that one one's real simple like it's just like i like this one it's just i think there's too many like i think this one gets a lot more play just because it has a. Uh,
0: a, six, a, a movie? successful movie adaptation, a cult classic. Hey, don't get me wrong; it's fun. It is,
1: but I don't. I think the Nameless City is not only wackier, but more yeah. fun, and also it's kind of spooky. Kind of spooky. Like, yeah. This this one, you could just tell he was taking the piss the entire <laughs> yeah. time,
0: and he was getting paid for it. I don't blame him. It, it, it
1: sucks to be on the wall of Sleep with so fucking classes
0: no like the whole time too it'd be one thing if it was like a page but it's the whole time part of me
1: wants to do like the uh, edit out the classism and see how long it is
0: <laughs> how much the classism you takes up space
1: you could technically do that you can i might do it i th-
0: you, i'm I've just thinking about I'm not that.
1: adding anything i'm just subtracting i've been
0: thinking about that i was like some of these stories that are too racist or too classist they really detract from the story mostly because they take up so much space in the story so much space like that could have been filled with i don't spooky shit
1: <laughs> sorry i don't feel like it it's not letting me it's not letting me i don't feel okay. like it anymore this has been over in smith and uh, you are the irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality. Your keening static howl is like no other. And if it faded from the abyss, the, the void that would remain would be unfillable, and the mansions of the silence will forever be filled with our lament. Bye. Bye. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe that's
0: a lie. Is this what you want? Tell me what you need. Nothing comes for free. Please just tell me what
1: you want. You want it more? It was now